Well, you know what I think. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to deny that. I do want everyone to feel comfortable. That's why I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Please do not go religious. Somebody's going to hell over there. He better not. Even the devil will speak the truth for, for his own purposes. This is war. Accept it. Back to Jerusalem podcast. Yeah, I'm back and I'm armed with righteousness. With your host, Eugene Bach. He just seems like he's got it all figured out. He's a righteous dude. Yep. Hello and welcome to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Malaysia this time. I'm super excited because today is Chinese New Year, and I'm on the island of Penang. Penang is a special island that basically is kind of Chinese. It's almost like the northern part of Singapore. For anybody familiar with Malaysian history, um, Singapore used to be a part of Malaysia, but it was a very high concentration of Chinese, and so they ended up becoming independent and separating from Malaysia. Penang kind of wanted to do the same thing, but the British Empire that was in charge of both Malaysia and Penang at the time kind of put a damper on that, and they never got independence. They promised Penang that they would be able to have some sort of autonomy, very much like they did in 1997 with Hong Kong. But after a few years of belonging to Malaysia, Malaysia went back on that promise and basically made them a part of Malaysia, applying the same laws. But there's still something here that is very special. Lots of different foods from different parts of the world. Absolutely love it. Um, this was also the very first town of the British Empire. They founded this place and it made it a free trade port. By making it a free trade port, there was a lot of business that was coming through with the East India uh, Shipping Company, and that brought in a lot of trade. And with a lot of trade came nationalities from Thailand, Japan, China, and other nationalities. So there was a big Chinese concentration that focused on this small island because of the trade. And so there's a lot of Chinese here, a lot of Chinese traditions. So it's great to be here on this day Chinese New Year. So I know that you're going to be listening to this at a different time. I'm recording this during Chinese New Year. You'll be listening to it at a different time during Chinese New Year. Now, Chinese New Year has a 15 days of celebration. I'm going to be talking about that during this podcast because that is one of the 10 biblical secrets of the Chinese New Year. Now, if you know anything about China, this is the largest holiday of the year. And in many ways, it's the largest holiday in the world. Now, Christmas is bigger. More people recognize Christmas than any other holiday in the world. So, I mean, we recognize Christmas even here in a Muslim country like Malaysia. I can go to any shopping mall and they're going to have Christmas decorations during December. I can go to China, a communist nation, Beijing, Guangzhou, Shanghai, Hangzhou, and there's going to be tons of different Christmas decorations because that is the number one kind of big sale of the year. So Chinese New Year is celebrated by more indigenous people. Not a lot of people that are not Chinese recognize Chinese New Year. But Chinese travel on Chinese New Year, so it's the largest travel holiday of the year because you have more people migrating from A to B than at any other time during the calendar year. 
And this special holiday, the largest in China, I believe have 10 significant characteristics that every Christian needs to know. Now, you can find this article on the Back to Jerusalem website in our archives, or you can listen to it here. But if you would like to read it, if I say something that you would love to remember, you would like to share this with a Chinese friend, especially those that are celebrating Chinese New Year, this is something that I guarantee, guarantee, the Chinese have never heard. Now, there might be one or two or three elements that relate to biblical history that we can find within the Chinese New Year, but there are 10 secrets that I'm going to pull out all in one place that if you talk about the tradition, the culture, the language without any Christian connotation with the Chinese, they will acknowledge, yes, you're right, we do this during Chinese New Year, but they don't know why oftentimes, and they do not know how it relates to the Bible. Now, these are 10 biblical secrets of Chinese New Year that I want to share together with you. This is the first time I've ever put these together. Now, the very first part are elements that you can find in a book that we called China and End Time Prophecy. We came out with it two years ago. There's foundational elements that I start within the first five parts of this 10 secrets. You can find the first five in China and End Time Prophecy, and there's so much more in this book. But I've never before ever put these 10 things into one place. This is really important because at first glance, it would seem absolutely absurd that the Chinese New Year points to the God of the Bible. That's just silly. It sounds like I'm going to be doing some sort of verbal dancing, like I'm going to be making connections and assumptions that are just not there. But if you have only a basic exposure to Chinese culture, language, and history, you'll easily be able to see how many of these elements relate to the Bible, specifically the Old Testament. The Old Testament permeates throughout Chinese history. I'm not joking. Chinese all over the world celebrate Chinese New Year, and they don't even know the, the meaning of their own practice, most of them. And they certainly don't know how it connects to the God of the Bible. Chinese assume that Chinese New Year traditions originate from animistic traditions. You know, their ancestral worship with elements of Buddhism, Taoism, and Confucianism. The thing to know is this, and you can share this with any Chinese, because if they tell you that, you know what, this, this China originally was a Buddhist country, a Taoist country, a Confucianist country, you can share with them something that they probably don't know, which is, hey, listen, do you not know that China has roughly 5,000 years of unbroken cultural history? That's almost longer than anyone else in the world except for the Jews. Taoism and Confucianism didn't start till around 500 BC. Buddhism came to China much later than that. So, this begs the question: If it didn't, these religions didn't come until 500 BC. Then, what God was the center of Chinese worship 
for 2,000 years. I mean, if they have 5,000 years of history, we're in 2020, 2023, when I'm doing this podcast. So if we're in 2023, that's 2,000 years AD. So 500 years BC is only half of the Chinese history. So we still have another 2,500 years of history to account for in China. What religion did they follow for over 2,000 years? Well, that leads us to secret number one. This is something that I've talked about before. This is not such a big secret. We get into more deeper secrets as this podcast progresses. So if you are even elementary in your exposure to Back to Jerusalem or what I've been sharing or just China history and language and culture itself, you're going to know what I'm about to say. If not, if this is your first Back to Jerusalem podcast or you've never heard me talk about this, this might amaze you. And that is to that the, the ancient religion of China all points to the original god, Shangdi. Secret number one is look to Shangdi. To know what religion the ancient Chinese follows, we have to assume that the religion comes from the very first emperor, Huangdi. Huangdi is considered to be the first leader, the founding leader of the Chinese people, culture, history, language. It's also known as the Yellow Emperor. In Chinese, Huang means yellow. And according to China's most famous historian, Sima Qian, Huangdi is the ancestor of all Han Chinese people. Huangdi would have reigned probably around 2700 BC. Now, this date is not completely agreed upon by all the experts, but roughly we're talking about that Huangdi served or was the leader of China around the same time as we have the sons of Noah. Remember Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, and Jepheth? Well, they would have been alive or their, their, their children would have been alive around the same time as Huangdi. Which means that most likely Huangdi, if you believe in the history of the Bible and you believe that all people come from the three people of Shem, Hem, and Jepheth, from the sons of Noah, then what you will find is elements of the Old Testament that are talked about in Genesis that will trickle over or be residual in the Chinese culture. And that's exactly what we find. Because the Yellow Emperor taught the Chinese people to worship one God. The Chinese emperor taught that Huangdi, the one god, Shangdi, was the creator of all things. And Shangdi is the same word. So that's the god of the Chinese people from ancient history. In fact, if you ever go to the Temple of Heaven, Tantang, in Beijing, you will go to the temple where Huangdi, the original emperor, gave sacrifice to the god Shangdi. And Shangdi shares so much in common with Shaddai, including the pronunciation, that it could be argued that Shangdi in Chinese is Shaddai. Or sorry, Shaddai in Chinese is Shangdi. Shangdi if you go to the Temple of Heaven, there are no photos or pictures or idols made of him. He's the only Chinese god that there's no image 
allowed to be made of him. This relates directly to the commandments that God made that no image, no engraven image shall be made of him. So the Chinese worshipped other gods, but Shangdi was the ruler of them all. And when we look at Shangdi or Shaddai, we see that it is closely related to the God of the Bible. We see that even more in the secret number two. The secret number two is the first Chinese prayer ever. Now, during Chinese New Year, there's a lot of prayers that are offered up. There's money that is burnt, like fake money that is burnt. There is food offerings. There's incense that is burned. There are many things that are given over to the gods of China. However, when we look at the very first offering, the very first prayer to Shangdi, the god of the Chinese people, there's something you need to see. Secret number two, the very first prayer. Listen to this. The early Chinese emperor followed the teachings and practices of the yellow emperor by sacrificing animals to Shangdi. I could go through so much and I do often teach about the offerings to Shangdi at Tiantan, the oldest or the largest sacrificial altar in the world today. We can find that in Beijing. But what is fascinating is the prayer that was recorded by Sima Qian that was offered up at the annual border sacrifice to the god Shangdi. Now let me read this prayer and tell me if any of this sounds familiar to you. Of old in the beginning, there was great chaos without form and dark. The five elements had not begun to revolve, nor the sun and the moon to shine. In the midst thereof, there existed neither form nor sound. Thou, O spiritual sovereign, camest forth in thy presidency, and first didst divide the grosser parts from the pure. Thou madest heaven, thou madest earth, thou madest man. All things with their reproducing power got their being from you. Now, it sounds a little King Jamesy, right? When I'm saying thouest and didst and camest forthest, but it sounds more in common with the Bible when we look at not just the King James language, but the very elements. For instance, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. Then God said, Let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds, and it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their own kinds, and God saw that it was good. Genesis 1, 1 through 4, 11 and 12. In the Bible study series, Chase and Revival, we see this very thing as it is presented at the temple of heaven by Pastor Zhang Rong Liang himself. Pastor Zhang Rong Liang, one of the top, most well-known underground house church pastors in all of China, walks through the temple of heaven and shows all these Chinese historical, cultural, and religious references that can be found in the Old Testament. 
not only with God, Shangdi, not only with the very first prayer of the Chinese people, but also secret number three is the Old Testament as it is found in the Chinese language. Now I could sit here and share with you many different words in the Chinese language that directly connect to the Old Testament Bible. My favorite being brothers, right? If you look at the first time in the Bible where we see the word brother, it is with the sons of Adam and Eve. Here we have the two sons of Adam and Eve and it's not just the first time that we see the word brother, but it's also the very first time that we see the word murder. Because the one of the brothers kills the other, right? We see that with Cain and Abel. Cain kills his brother Abel. This is the very first murder in the Bible. The very first killing in the Bible. When we look at the Chinese language, we have the word for brother which is basically the symbol for man with a head. This is xiong, which means brother. We have the same word xiong for murderer. The difference between the Chinese word for brother and the Chinese word for murderer is that we have the symbol for man with a, with a head. And for murderer, we have the head with a mark on the head. We see in the Bible, because Cain killed his brother, God puts a mark upon his head. During Chinese New Year, we have a Chinese character. It's everywhere. It is the most used Chinese character in the world, and it is on the front door of every home of any Chinese during Chinese New Year. It is the Chinese character Fu. Now here in Penang, I just went for lunch at the local mall. And when I went for lunch, there was on many of the stores, Happy Chinese New Year. One of the stores in particular had Fu as the character saying Ch Happy Chinese New Year. Fu is a Chinese character comprised of four characters in it. Every Chinese character tells a story. So every Chinese character doesn't just have the Chinese character itself, but it also sometimes incorporates other Chinese characters to tell a story. The Chinese word for blessing, fu, is made of four characters. The character for God, the character for man, the measure word for one, and garden. So in order to have a blessing, you have the Chinese character actually telling a story of God together with man in the garden is a blessing. We also share about this in China in End Time Prophecy. Secret number four. Now we're getting a little deeper. Because if you know anything about Chinese New Year, you'll notice that Chinese New Year falls on a different day every year. Why? Because it's based on the lunar calendar, not the solar calendar. You know, this solar calendar or the Gregorian calendar or the calendar that we use today, you know, with the 12 months of January, February, March, April, May, this is based on the solar calendar. And we have 365 days that the earth rotates around the sun, roughly, right? Then we have leap year every four years to help catch us back up again. Well, the Chinese use the moon. 
And the moon is based on an agrarian lunar calendar, focusing on the moon. And then the moon calendar is based off of the equinox, which is the equal division of day and night, with the longest day of the year being in midsummer and the longest night of the year being in midwinter. So you have winter solstice and you have midsummer. And in between, you have this equinox that allows for farmers to plan when they're going to plant their crops. And because Chinese and their calendars based around festivals, and the festivals are based on harvest seasons, their calendar was based on the harvest seasons. So Chinese New Year falls on a different day every year because it's based off of the lunar calendar on the equinox. Do you know what else falls on a different day around the same time every year? Easter. Have you ever asked yourself why does Easter fall on a different day of the year every year? It's never on the same day, right? Sometimes it's in March. Sometimes it's in April. You just never know. Because the Jewish calendar, like the Chinese calendar, was based off of the lunar calendar or the equinox. The equinox of the equal division of day and night with the rotation around the sun, with the lunar calendar dictating the harvest seasons, and God specifically gave different festivals to be celebrated in His name based on the harvest season. So it doesn't matter whether it's the tent festival or the Passover. Easter is based on the Passover. Jesus was crucified before the Passover. He was buried during the Passover. He rose again during Passover weekend. This is why they wanted to have him crucified, taken down, and his body buried so that Passover could be celebrated. They did not want his body hanging on a cross during Passover. This is the largest holiday of the year for Jews. Chinese New Year is the largest holiday of the year for Chinese. You see the connection? So you have the Chinese agrarian festival based on the lunar calendar that sets the stage for Chinese New Year, the most important day of the year for the Chinese. And you have the agrarian calendar setting the stage for the festivities throughout the year based on the lunar calendar of the Jewish calendar for Passover. We also have 12. This is secret number 5. The number 12 is very important for Chinese New Year. This year is considered to be the year of the rabbit, specifically the year of the water rabbit. Because the Chinese New Year's are made up of 12 zodiac signs. This is considered in the Bible to be the perfect number. 12 is considered in the Bible to be the perfect number and symbolizes God's power and authority, as well as serving as a perfect government foundation. It also symbolizes completeness. You think the Chinese just landed on 12 zodiac signs out of nowhere? They just pulled it out of their butt like a rabbit out of the hat for Chinese New Year, the year of the rabbit? No. It is a complete year with the 12 zodiac signs. The Jewish calendar also consists of 12 months. 
And we see 12 riddled throughout the Bible. It occurs so many times in the Old and New Testament. Israel is made up of 12 tribes. They come from the 12 sons of Jacob. Ishmael, who was born to Abraham through Hagar, had 12 princes. Jesus had 12 disciples. The New Jerusalem will have 12 gates. God commanded that 12 unleavened cake of bread be placed every week in the temple. You see that continual presentation of 12 being complete, like the 12 zodiac signs of the Chinese New Year. Secret number six is 15 days. Interestingly enough, not by coincidence, I believe, Chinese New Year is a 15-day-long celebration taking place at the very first segment or the very first month of the New Year, of the Chinese New Year. So you have Chinese New Year and then you celebrate for 15 days. Now, in Hong Kong, places like here in Penang, there's three days of celebration. Why? Because it's a three-day, the government's not going to give you three days off. Companies are not going to give you th three days off. They do in China. And Chinese tradition is you celebrate for 15 days. That is the specific custom and practice related to Chunjie or the Spring Festival. Likewise, the Jewish Passover occurs on the 15th day of the first month of the Hebrew year during Spring Festival. Coincidence? Guys, we got too many coincidences just for it to be a coincidence. Secret number seven. It gets deeper. It gets better. Listen to this. You have in Chinese New Year, the God of creation and redemption. One of the primary dishes that is served during Chinese New Year is dumplings. Talk to any Chinese family that is meeting together for Chinese New Year. They'll tell you about the different dishes, but there's one dish that is always, always present. And that is the Chinese dumplings. Chinese eat them to bring prosperity, but they mainly eat them because they look like ears. Most Chinese don't even know this. But talk to any Chinese historian and they'll tell you that they look like the ears that were given to man by the goddess Nuwa. Nuwa is a Chinese god that is considered to be the creator of man that took clay from the ground to form man. In fact, the Chinese believe that Nuwa created man out of yellow clay. That's why Chinese have yellow skin. And that's why you have the yellow emperor. And that's why you have the yellow river. And the Chinese consider themselves to be the yellow people, created from yellow clay by Nuwa. Compare this idea to man being created by the, from the clay of the earth, of the story from the very beginning of God forming man from dirt, found in Genesis 2-7. According to the Chinese mythology, there was a great battle in heaven, get this, with Nuwa. There was a great battle in heaven that broke out in heaven between the, uh, a, a, the good and evil. And this massive division in heaven caused devastation. And that following the battle in heaven, there was a worldwide flood. Are you kidding me? There was a 
division in heaven after a battle. And then after that, there was a worldwide flood. This sounds so much like Satan and his angels warring against God and being cast down to the earth. And then man rebelling against God and God destroying all of mankind with a worldwide flood, sparing only Noah and his family. Noah, the creator of man, was the only one that could patch the holes in heaven and bring restoration and redemption. Sound like anybody else you know? Nuah is considered to be a part of the Holy Trinity of the three main gods of China. Nuah is remembered every time dumplings are served during Chinese New Year. That's a big secret. Try to find out about that secret anywhere else. Secret number eight is the starting of Chinese New Year by the roast, rooster crowing. No joke. You know, along with the dumplings, chicken is always served during Chinese New Year. Always. And it's usually the whole chicken, even with the feet. And the reason why is ji ji ro, which is the, what you call chicken in Chinese. Ji is also, it's a homophone. It's a word that means good luck and prosperity. Ji means good luck, and it means prosperity in Chinese, in the Chinese language. It also means chicken. The chicken represents the crowing that takes place at midnight, starting off Chinese New Year's, as fireworks are set off during Chinese New Year. Here I am in Penang, Malaysia, and even at midnight, at the beginning of Chinese New Year, you could hear fireworks starting to bang. This is supposed to traditionally follow the crowing of the rooster. You and I as Christians, we cannot help but to see an iconic, symbolic connection with the rooster that crowed three times prior to the Passover where Jesus was crucified on the night he was betrayed. That is symbolism that I believe is more than just coincidence. What a great way to share the gospel with Chinese during their most important time of the year. Secret number nine blows my mind. This will be one of probably one of the most formidable connections, one of the most convincing connections between the Old Testament and Chinese New Year. Think about this. Every Chinese New Year, every Chinese home around the world, not just in China, has Dulian or blood red banners on each side of their door. Sticking to their doorposts are these blood red banners that do what? They protect the home from evil spirits. They believe that there is an evil God that roams around the earth. The, this Nian, which is the evil God, roams around seeking to eat children. This practice has been in China for thousands of years and is irrefutably similar to the biblical story of the Hebrews that 
took place on Passover, where God commanded his people to do what? Put blood on your doorposts to protect the families and their children, their firstborn specifically, so that the destroyer would know which homes to pass over. That's why it's called the Passover festival. In addition to blood red banners on their doorpost, the Chinese also wear blood red clothing. Why? Because they believe that to be covered in clothing that looks like blood can tell the evil demon that is, see- is walking around earth seeking whom he may destroy, stay away from them because Nian, the evil god, would see that they were covered in blood. This Chinese New Year concept, I believe, makes the idea of being protected by the blood of Jesus so much easier to understand. The last secret of Chinese New Year that can be found in the Bible. The last of number 10 of the 10 biblical secrets found in Chinese New Year is the third day. Remember I said that Chinese New Year is celebrated for 15 days? Well, we have the 15 days of celebration, but on the third day. So on the first day, you have the Chinese New Year. The doorposts have blood red banners, a Chinese character representing the blessing of God and man together, full God and man together in the garden, hanging on the door. You have the rooster crowing to start it all off. You have the dumplings that are consumed in the memory of the goddess that created man from dirt and brought redemption to heaven. But on the third day, there's this kind of silence that takes place. Everything comes to a screeching halt. On the third day of Chinese New Year, something very strange happens that few outsiders know anything about and some Times very few Chinese have ever heard about this. But if they look into their own culture, on the third day, Chinese stay home. They don't go out. They don't visit anyone. They don't invite their family to come over. They don't go to the home to visit any friends. They don't have any guests come or go. Because the Chinese god of anger is roaming around. Something on the third day, set him off and sent him into a rage. It's like he lost something. He's angry because he lost a battle. He was represented as a red scarlet dog. And he seems to have suffered a great loss and he is frantically roaming the earth seeking whom he may destroy. His time is limited, though, and he knows it. That's why he's going around in this angry, vicious hunger to kill, consume, destroy whoever he can. Because his time is coming to an end. Because at the end of the third day, on the fourth day, the Jade Emperor, the God of all creation, also known as the Heavenly Father, Tianba or Shangdi, is welcomed back into the home where a feast awaits for him to sit with the family 
and eat together. Chinese New Year is so foreign to Christians, and it really should not be. Chinese culture, language, and even the festivals like Chinese New Year are so rich and deep in history that they inadvertently carry covered secrets that reveal the origins of man. If we only take time to closely listen to the ancient voices of China, the Creator, I believe, will reveal that He's not a foreigner in China. He's not a foreign God introduced by the foreign missionaries, but He was the original God of China and He never left. He didn't come with the first missionary. He was there long before the first Christian missionary ever set foot on Chinese soil. The Chinese need to know that God, the God of heaven, the God that created them, Shangdi, is not a foreign God introduced by foreigners with a foreign culture and a foreign language. No. He is the original creator of the Chinese people. And the Chinese ancestors knew Shangdi. They worshipped him, they prayed to him, and the God of ancients is calling back to the Chinese of today to come to him. And this is one of the reasons I believe we are seeing the largest revival in the history of man take place inside of China. And that is a reason to rejoice during this Chinese New Year. I pray as you listen to this, you are blessed during this time of the year. And if you're Chinese, Xin Nian Kuai Le, Happy Chinese New Year to you. Thank you so much for downloading this Back to Jerusalem podcast. Again, I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of China. God bless.